Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at a million dollars in total prizes when using the code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with the DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on a season-long fantasy, so now is the time for you to get in on all the daily fantasy action with DraftKings as even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at million dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You are now tuned in to the Windy City Benders Podcast. This is WCVP. All right, we're back for another edition of the WCB podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. It's Jerem. It's Tanner. Tanner, what's up, bud? Hey, how's it going? Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Uh, beautiful Sunday, uh, spring. Uh, you know, enjoy it now. It's supposed to snow on Tuesday. Is it? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Chicago, man. But, yeah, lots, uh, lots to talk about, you know. Last episode, we talked about how we're going back to two episodes a week, and then uh, I go get my COVID vaccine, and I feel like death for uh, three days, so kind of had to push that back a little bit. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. But, yeah, so. It is supposed to snow on Tuesday. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. It was 80 degrees like a week ago. I know, right? So, but. Chicago, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Disgraced mares, shitty weather. Let's go. All right. Um, <clears throat> lots going on in the uh, the hockey world. Trade deadline happened Monday. Um, kind of saw a lot of teams kind of take their place at what they saw that they're going to be uh, going into the playoffs and into this offseason. Um, there wasn't a lot of big blockbusters, but there was a lot of good moves, I thought, that were made. Yeah. Um, I think we'll talk about like the winners and losers that we think happen and kind of break down some of the ones that stood out to us. Um, in the meantime, Hawks, we'll go through the Hawks trades first because I can't really, we can't really talk about the games that were played until we talk about the moves they made before the games happened. Absolutely. Um, so as expected, Yanmar got dealt. Um, Soderberg got dealt. I kind of feel like that was one that kind of was expected. You know, a one-year guy who couldn't bring some depth to a to a playoff team. Yeah, I think that one for sure was just like if they if they found something like just good enough, like it didn't have to be like a sweet deal for him. But they're like, if, they, if we get something, like might as well just make the trade. Right. Yeah, I think. Well, here let's talk about those trades first. So. The first one that happened on the day was kind of kind of caught us all off guard. Um, Highmore gets dealt to Vancouver uh, for Adam Gaudet. Yeah, um, I, mean, I think the consensus online was that 
<laughs> we just fleeced the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Like, sounds good to me. Yeah, let's pull up his cap friendly here. He's a center. He is 24 years old. Let's pull up his stats here really quick. Um, 33 games this year. He says four goals, seven or three assists for seven points. Not um, not having a good year, but but also Vancouver's not really playing either and not having a great year either. But we'll get to yeah. that too. Um, his best season came uh, in the tw- last season, obviously. Yeah, uh, 33 points he put up. He looks. Like, I mean, he looks like he. Is going to be a good young, a good young center for us. He kind of, yeah. Was it okay? I'm trying to think. I'm getting some of these trades confused. No, not around five. What? I was trying. Well, I'm getting the trades confused over like the like the young the underachieving like high draft. Oh, it's it's all that's it, kind of what it is. I mean, he's he is a little bit underachieving this year, um, <laughs> because like he put up like 33. You said last year, yeah. So I mean, there's I don't think there's any way that uh, that Heimer was ever going to be putting up 33 points in a year. So it's kind of like, well, yeah, we'll, we'll take we'll take a lot more production. Yeah, 33 points in 59 games too. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that not too shabby there. Um, kind of, it was a little bit bummer seeing Heimer go. We kind of echoed it in our group text about it, um, but I think we all came to an agreement that Hagel kind of cost high more his position on this team. I think Hagel coming out playing as well as he was, has been. Yeah. And basically doing what Heimer was supposed to do, but better. Yeah. He was, he's that energy guy. He's always, always grinding, but he's also producing too, you know, like <laughs> Heimer was a good body out there to like have the energy and be good on the forecheck and hopefully be like just good enough defensively. But there's plenty of times where he was just scratched because we just had a few too many guys like that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Highmore in 24 games this year had two points. Last year, 36 games had six points. He really, like, never – he never really found his role on this roster, on this team, mm-hmm. and just getting lost in the shuffle with so many young players stepping up and all that. I think – this might be this might be good for him. It's going to be a change of scenery, change you know, an opportunity to go to a team that is trying to find their identity. I think I think Vancouver doesn't really know what they are, besides uh, Pedersen, uh, Bozer, Besser, Besser. God damn it, Bohorvet. Yeah, like I don't think they really Quinn, know who they are. Besides guys, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just confused on how it was a one for one trade, but I mean, I'm not going to complain about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was, I think that was a great way to start the day. Yeah. Gaudette, how long does he have signed for? He's only got a one year deal right now, but he's a restricted free agent. Right. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what he does when he finally gets out here. I know he's been dealing with the, the quarantine issues Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID issues with Vancouver, so I don't know. Has he been cleared? He's, he's been cleared, but I, I'm assuming he'll be on the team soon. Right now, he's listed on the actual roster and not the taxi squad. So 
maybe we'll see him next game or something. Yeah, that'd be nice to see. Um, yeah. Then after that trade for the Hawks, we go through a little bit, and uh, as we mentioned, Soderberg got dealt to L.A. Jeez, uh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. To yep. Colorado for uh, two two AHLers, um, Josh Josh Dickinson and Ryder Rolston. Yeah, it's just the signing rights to Ryder Rolston. Yeah, so Dickinson is a center. And Rolston is – they have listed as a center left wing right wing. Yeah. Cross with the no NHL contract history. Yeah, he's he's playing for Notre Dame. So right up Bowman's MO right there. Yeah. Playing with Landon Slaggart. <laughs> he had six points in 28 games with Notre Dame this year. Yeah. So I think that was the main piece. I, like those six points too, you got to like realize he's only – 19 so he's yeah the freshman on a university team and probably not getting the most playing time so if, i'm assuming i mean more than likely he's going to be playing at notre dame next year we'll see probably a little bit more production out of that and maybe maybe it turns out to be something pretty decent i mean stocking up on these like forward prospects let the kid play a couple of years in notre dame maybe yeah. play, play through his junior year and kind of see where he's at then no rush to bring him in at this point. This but Dickinson kid is, I don't know, was he playing the EA, ECHL? Let's see. Yeah, so he's been with, he started the season with the, the Colorado Eagles, and then he's played a couple games with the Utah Grizzlies, and then the Indy Fuel he's played a game with. Yeah, I think that was just uh, maybe just a roster spot move. In Ryder Rolston was probably the main part of the yeah. Soderberg trade. I mean, and hey, like we were kind of talking about earlier, Soderberg for somebody that was added to our roster late this year, um, did a good job. Thirty-four games, fifteen points. Uh, yeah. Did a great job when he started like finding his groove on that power play. Um, was a good in front of the net presence. Um, great move for Colorado, I think. Colorado, yeah, they know what they're getting. Like they've had them before. Yeah, so Colorado is one of those teams that is kind of all in and yeah, in the moves, and now they're kind of like really solidifying that their, their roster, and they're going to be they're strong up and down all four lines all three defensive pairings and the goaltending's finally kind of, I mean, Dubnik really isn't anything to be proud about, but like, <laughs> I mean, it solidifies it for them. So yeah, they're going to be dangerous. The dangerous they, they've yeah, been so. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, they're going to, they're, they're going to probably go pretty deep. I would assume, I mean, we'll see. They've been destroying it lately. So yeah, it's, I think what we said, well, I don't know if it was last week or the week episode before, but it's a sh- bummer. Well, no, I guess because that will be like the the final for the division, Colorado versus Vegas. Like that is potentially to be a hell of a playoff series. Oh, yeah. And speaking of Vegas. Yeah. Right. They, the they, bigger, the biggest trade that the Hawks made on the yeah. day. 
So this is one of those uh, crazy three-team trade to make the money work. Um, mm-hmm. The Blackhawks traded Yanmark to San Jose. San Jose retained 50% of Yanmark's salary. We also retained 50% as well. Yeah, yeah. So we retained 50. San Jose Shark retained 50. And the Sharks dealt Yanmark to Vegas um, with along with Nick, uh, was it? Nick DeSimon. DeSimone. DeSimone. Um, and a fifth round pick from us to Vegas. San Jose Shark got a 2020, 2022 fifth round pick, which was actually Buffalo's pick. And then the Blackhawks got Vegas's second round for this upcoming draft and their third round for next year's draft. Yeah. That's a pretty good deal. I was just hoping for like a, at least a second, and right? Maybe if or maybe a third, like one or one or the other, and we ended up getting a second and a third. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, um, pretty 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 damn good. It's a bummer to see Yamar go, but yeah. like you said, though, when we were expecting maybe getting a pick for him, like that's I mean, you, you can't hate that, right? And he's a free agent. Maybe we, we uh, bring him back. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it, man. I like seeing I him out it. there. I think it would be awesome. But I also think that with the squad that we have right now, like if we're getting those young guys the playing time, I think they might just keep doing that because the team's looking looking pretty pretty damn good. Plus, I mean, you're going to have like guys like Nylander back next year too. And hopefully Caves and yeah. – so it's going to be a pretty packed squad already. So we'll see. Yeah, but so Vegas, Vegas was always like a rumbling. I was kind of Vegas has turned into one of those teams like the Blackhawks between like 2010, 2015. Like, how do they still fucking pull this shit off? <laughs> yeah, and Tampa. And Tampa. God, but. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, and then the last move of the day. For the Blackhawks, um, another Vancouver trade. Uh, we got uh, their fourth round pick this year for uh, Bowie and a f- our fifth round for this year's draft as well. So, yeah. Again, another player that we, we signed cheap and flip for, uh, flip for a draft pick. Yeah. I mean, Bowie, I think, only played like a couple of games for us too. Honestly, when that trade got announced, that was the first time I remember he even was playing for us. Because when we signed him, he played like two games, and then they – You played two games for the Blackhawks and two games for Rockford. Yeah, but he was mainly just on the taxi squad. And then, like, I remember seeing somewhere that, like, Colleton was just – he did give him some praise because he's like – I mean, he just – he's the team first guy. Like, he didn't complain about, like, not getting ice time. He was just like he knew his role. He knew yeah, he was good to be around, good to have around the boys, and it's just like, I mean, put me on the taxi squad. Let me make money. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one thing that I was kind of surprised though about this this deadline was, I was surprised that the players we, a lot of the players that we traded, and the fact that we didn't bring any more players in to kind of help with expansion protection and all that like i, I kind of was it's pretty i think we're pretty well covered on expansion though i was kind of expecting them to bring in maybe like a guy or two that 
that would maybe give him the benefit of protecting another player. You know what yeah. I mean? But nah. <laughs> fuck me, I guess. I, don't know. I think I think I think it's been like a consensus that like we're gonna probably end up losing like Calvin DeHaan. <laughs> and there's not much we can do about it. Yeah, that's kind of weird that you didn't hear his name in the in the talks at all. I thought for that reason too, he would have been well out there. Yeah, well, that's the thing though. If you if you get get rid of Calvin DeHaan, then now you're losing somebody else, and it's kind of like, eh, well. No, you know, I understand that. I'm saying though, like, if they were trying to see, like, if they were for sure going to lose, it's one of those three defensemen that we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. I would have seen, like, okay, well, if we're going to for sure lose one, let's try to get a haul for one of the other ones, kind of thing. Oh, to kind of make up for it a little bit, but. I don't know. I guess I was just more surprised you didn't hear his name floated out there a little bit more on on trade bait type of thing. Yeah, there were. I mean, there was like people kicking tires on Zadorov, yeah. and they just didn't really like any of anything that they heard. And I'm like, good, because I'd rather just keep him. Yeah, keep him, protect him, and but him, overall, Murphy and yeah, Duncan Keith. Yeah, because like when it comes around, like. You're supposed to protect the guys that have like the no movement clauses, but you can ask them to waive their mo- no movement. So like Seabrook, who's not going anywhere, you can just ask him to waive his no move clause. Like even if he does get picked up by Seattle, like he doesn't even have to fucking go there. He's not playing anymore. <laughs> Would you give Seattle a first round and like a prospect or two to take uh, Seabrook off our off our books? No, we don't. It, we don't need to. He's just on. He's gonna be an LTIR for the rest of his like deal. Yeah. So it's it's not a big deal, and we're we're not like pushing for the cup like we were years ago, where we'd have to like like when we had Hosta's contract and we we're had to get that to orbit right now. Yeah. Yeah, we're fine. So when we when he if he, they allow like ask him to waive his no move, then we can for sure just it's Keith Murphy's door off. And that's all I think you got to do. <laughs> what is it? Nine or like eight, three, one, something like that. I don't remember the expansion rules off the top of my head, but we have like a lot of guys that are exempt that we don't have to worry about. Yeah, like majority of our team. <laughs> yeah. I thought I saw like earlier on in the season that since like Nylander is out for the whole year, he actually stays exempt instead of having to be protected. But I could be wrong about that too. So that would that would like freed up a spot to like protect somebody else to, like on the forward core too. We'll be all right though. Yeah, trying to see really quick here. But yeah. So this is who they have to they have to have at least. One defenseman exposed, two forwards, and one goalie at least. Yeah. Okay. So. So overall, what do you? How do you feel about uh, Bowman's trade deadline this year? I think he did great. <laughs> there was like a, like a lot of people online were also saying like the Hawks did really good. I was like pretty impressed. Like we weren't. Like I guess we were like like we were kind of selling. We were selling, but like we didn't like sell like everything, you know. Like we weren't getting rid of like 
Taylor Hall. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, we so now we're up to eight draft picks this year. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, we don't we don't have a third round or a fifth round, but we have two seconds, two fours, and two sevens. Yeah. So I mean, I think yeah. It. I know I'm not a Bowman guy and not a Bowman fan. I know nobody knows this, but I think he did. He did well. He. He didn't mortgage. I what I was extremely worried about was he was he was gonna get stupid ideas that this team can compete and is a legit contender this year. So he was gonna like sell off like the future to to bring in guys. Maybe bring in like a Taylor Hall or or something. Oh yeah, that, that was my biggest my biggest worry. Well, we, so. I feel like we could have brought in a Taylor Hall with the shit that Boston ended up giving up for him. Yeah, somehow they listened to our podcast before it got posted, and they uh, it took my advice. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Overall, I think it was a win a win for the trade deadline. Um, didn't we, everything we lost was. Some stuff we could lose and stuff we expected yeah. to lose. So, really, you can't complain about that. No, not at all. Well, it was perfect. We, uh, after the trade deadline, Hawks went out and uh, got a little dub. Yeah, it's so funny. It was like the second they traded like Soderberg and Yammer, I was like, okay, well, I think that pretty much uh, settles uh, playoff contention. And then they come out and win over Columbus. Well, yeah, because they're playing Columbus and Columbus got rid of. Everybody. David Savard and Nick Foligno. Yeah. So um, I'll pull these up really quick here. Um, full disclosure, I did not watch the games this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll do a quick recap, and then we'll get into more trade deadline talk. But, yeah, so it was a 4-3 overtime win uh, for the Hawks over Columbus. It was the first game that the Hawks had with Brett Connolly and Riley Stillman in the lineup. Um, they looked they looked they looked pretty good. Fucking Patrick Lyon, man. He at the time of this game, I don't know if he scored since, but he's he had only twelve goals and he had six against the Hawks. Jesus, and it's just I don't I don't want the Hawks to be Patrick Lyon's new fucking Dallas Stars because <laughs> every time we face them, if he scores like two or three, it's gonna be so fucking annoying. Well, hey, luckily, after this year, we'll go back to normal divisions and we'll like face him twice. Yeah, true. There, <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot that they're in the East. <laughs> but yeah, so, like, I, For some reason, I was just thinking it was still like the West Coast division or like or the Western Conference. And they were would, you hate, would you hate the divisions to stay this way? No. I like having the games be not live. <laughs> I like having the majority of the games not be past nine. Yeah. Like it's pretty great. Yeah. So um, Keith, Keith doubles his goal total from last year. Yeah. Gets two. It's two of the year now. Yeah, man. Power play. Keener and Debrink with the assist. Keener 39 assists. Debrink at 20. Um, Kurashev scores his eighth of the year. Keener gets his 40th assist. Let's go. Yeah, Kaner's a killer. Um, Brett Connolly came came out and scored a weak one, but he scored his f- first goal as a hawk in his first game. Hey man, he's old. He's an old man. He he <laughs> scores strong goals. So 
But then, god damn, man, Petrovine is so fucking ridiculous. When that goal, you saw that highlight for that one, right? Yeah. He goes coast to coast. Yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I saw him, I saw him gearing up like behind the net, and I was like, I had a feeling, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I just kept watching. I was like, oh, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, fucking- that's, what, that's what drives me insane about him. It's like, he he's clearly an amazing player. Yeah. It just what is with this motivation? Like, is it because he just keeps he's playing on two teams that he didn't want to play for? Like, what? Like, what? What is it with him that he just can't like jump up? Yeah, the consistency. I don't know. He's clearly fucking a good goal scorer, man. It's just I don't understand how he's like apparently invisible some like some nights and then. Nights like this one, he just fucking powers through everyone and puts the team on his back to tie the game. It's ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, then our, our boy, Brandon Hagel, fucking ends it in OT. Just looking great. I don't think, like, I feel he's gotten, like, a lot of greasy goals. And this one was, like, an actual nice, like, nice little snapshot. Yeah, he... Uh... He's a stud. Yeah. And like having like this is that three on three line was Doc, Hagel, and Kalnick. Like, I'm cool with it. Like that shit works. <laughs> it was great. I'm really liking Kalnick, by the way. He's 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 really fucking He scored yesterday, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he scored his uh second, I think, yesterday. Um, so what we really have to talk about this game too was Max Dome. And oh, that's right. Connor Murphy. Max so, Domi just, just loses his shit. Apparently, I don't know if you saw it, like what the full play, but apparently Murphy elbowed him in the head. I think it was people thought it was an elbow when Domi like came up and like fucking cross checked him or something. But he just lost it and then lost fucking ragdolls him like trying to get Murphy to fight and Murphy's just not having it. Yeah. Um, but then there's like the comments Dolman made after the game. Uh, usually when you hit somebody in the head, you have to answer the bell, but a guy like that, I mean, Hey, I can't really comment on what I think of that response. I'll talk about Murphy, but you really can't take a penalty like that. So it's on me. With that being said, the first one, I think he sold a little bit. So I kind of went after him a little bit and he elbowed me in the head. You're gonna do that. You better answer the bell. I'm not really surprised he didn't, but I gotta find a way to pull back there. So he's sitting there saying, like, you know, yeah, I gotta be better, but you know, it's that fucker's fault. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That's like I the re- worst way to take accountability for for going losing your fucking. Mind. Yeah, like, oh yeah, like I shouldn't have done that, but fuck that guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I think on that play, like. I don't know if you intentionally elbowed him in the head because the puck was like when the puck's at your feet along the boards there, like what are you supposed to do? Your elbow, your arms get tucked in high. Yeah. When you're trying to put your stick to the puck there. And so his elbow comes up and if you're coming up from fucking behind him to cross check him, you break your fucking stick over him. Yeah. And you, you end up fucking going face first into his elbow. Like, and then you're like, oh, like, you did that on purpose. It's like, okay, fucking calm down, you little shithead. I don't know. Trying to live up to his dad. 
on that one and just yeah, stupid. Like he just drops his gloves and Murphy's like, the fuck? And then he <laughs> just gets like tossed and it's like, why didn't you drop your gloves? It's like, because what the fuck am I? I didn't know you were fucking dropping them. Like, the hell? But that's also something though. I think we talked about it earlier in the season too, after I think it was Connor Murphy too. Like there was a hit and Carlton essentially told him, don't, don't yeah. fight. Yeah. So it's kind of like the culture that Carlton's like kind of putting well, on he the team. He doesn't want he doesn't want Murphy fighting because yeah. Murphy's a, like are basically becoming our number one defenseman. And he'd rather have him playing out there rather than sit in the box for five plus minutes. Like Murphy's Murphy's not afraid to fight. He's just yeah, like you said, Carlton's like don't fucking fight. Like I, I'm assuming if somebody were to do something completely fucking shitty, like run one of our guys and like hurt somebody, like I'm sure if Murphy was like, I'm gonna fuck you up and like fight, then Carlton would probably be like, Yeah, that was a good that was a good decision, like way to stick up for the boys. But like if somebody's trying to goad you into a fight just because like they're pissed at you, it's like nah dude, fuck off. And then Dolman end up getting what two minors on that and a ten minute misconduct. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, fourteen so. minutes of penalties. Yeah, did he like did he even touch the ice after that? I mean, it's Tortorella, so I I doubt it. Oh, I'm sure Tortorella loved it. Oh, you think he loved it? I think he. Well, he doesn't like dumb penalties. But Tortorella loves that psycho like. No, 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 no. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's probably going to the, like Yelani, Lainez at the end of the bench. He's probably like, see, look at that's what you got to fucking do. That's why you're not you're on the bench here. Yeah, go lose your shit. Well, yeah, Lainey fought fucking Hagel earlier in the year. <laughs> Got dummied, but he fought him. Yeah. So Jesus. So that was yeah. a big win, much like a needed win um, for the Hawks. And then we go into a series with Detroit, which we had this marked on our calendar as two easy wins and two like must win games. Yeah. And when we put that pressure on it, then of course it's not going to deliver. I mean, the th- here's the thing with Detroit though, too. Like they're, they're still young. They're not like a great team, but they have like, they have a decent, like, like they, they can win. Like <laughs> it's not like they're easy wins really, because even that one game that we had earlier in the season where it was, like the Kur- like Kurashev just like stole the show that one game. Yeah. That was only that was only like a one nothing win. Right. Like they they played good enough defensively. They have two pretty good goalies. Like or they're playing not too shabby this oh, year. Oh, they're not they're not bad, but it's like I, when you're looking at this team and for where the where we think the Hawks are at, yeah. it should be it should be a game that's games that we win. Right. Um this- and it should be like if they're close games, you know, I mean, there's still wins, but this first game was again. I didn't watch it, so I don't know how the teams looked. But Hawks yeah. dropped this one four to one. Yeah, that's not that's not a good look. Yeah, Keith scores his second in two games. Yeah, so he's up to three in the year. He scores in the first period, and then after that, it was all Detroit. Yeah, uh, Jacob Rana got his first. Um, as a Red Wing in his first game. Assisted by Nick Lindstrom. I mean, no. no. <laughs> Gustav Lindstrom. Yeah. 
was like Dude, this kid ends up being another Nick Lindstrom. I just thought that was hilarious looking at the scene like assist from Lindstrom. Like, yeah, oh, I know. Oh, I, I saw that too, and I was like, oh Jesus. Not again. Here we go. But yeah. But I didn't I didn't get to really I didn't get to watch that game because I had to work, but it's yeah. if they're if you're losing four to one to Detroit, I don't know. That's not that's probably not too great. <laughs> so technically I guess three to one. Um NP Nickel. Was Lincoln, it? Yeah, Lincoln in. Oh yeah, okay. twenty-three for twenty-six. Um, so not the best of game for for Lincoln in. Nah, but, but I mean, they came back next game. Yeah, last yeah, night. Last night, Saturday, yeah. four nothing. Get a little dub. Subban in that too. Yeah, second shot of the season. So him and Lincoln in both have uh, two shutouts, right? Yeah. Nice. Good to see we get that goaltending. And or you know what? Surprisingly enough, like I know how we talk about Subban, like and how he looks unsure of himself out there, just like where the puck's at. Mm-hmm. He looked very, very honed in yesterday. Like there, at no point did it did it I ever have a feeling that like he lost the puck or or anything like that. He he made some great fucking saves too. Awesome. And it, it was just like, yes, like that's that's like it's a completely different feeling than watching some of the other games he plays where you're just like, oh, my God, I like, how does he not like like where how do you lose this? Like, where's that rebound going? Like it was rebound control was way better. And like I said, like it just I think it was more poised and confidence of just knowing where like everything was. But it was great. She needs to be, I mean, he he. That's what we need. We need two goalie options. We can't yeah. have one option and then one like flip a coin if he's going to make the save or not type of thing. And right. And we, I mean, we were saying like last week was just like, I think it's going to be and end up being just like Lincoln and from here on out. Cause like you, you could watch him play and you're like very confident in his play. And then it's good to see that like, okay, now they give Subban the shot and he's, he's stepped it up a little bit and pulls, pulls a good shutout out. It was a but, good. Uh, yeah, it was a good game to play him too. Um, yeah. Second second half of a two and two with a Detroit. Um, I did see. So one highlight I did see was Hinnestros' assist on Keener's goal. Oh yeah. Oh. Baby. Just the fucking hustle. That's what I love about Hinnestros. He's so fucking fast. And then he, just the perfect little stick lift. Then he just goes backhand through Mark Stahl's legs, slides it right over to Keener, who has like fucking wide open net. Rose has been looking so good. Yeah. He had another assist in this game, too. Um, yeah, he had three. He had three? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, on the Wyatt goal and the Suter goal. Yeah, the, the other his other assist on the Kalnick goal was a real good one, too. He was a fucking – Kalnick just had a tap in, and Kaner got an assist on that, too. And on the Debrinkit goal, it was, it was really a whole play, and – like Kirby Doc play got like stripped the puck and like down low. They're moving it around. It gets back up to the up to like Murphy goes back down to like Kirby Doc. And this is the thing that's crazy about Doc. Like he's not getting a lot of points, but he's doing so much. And like he could have gotten a point because it was like Doc to Murphy. Murphy shoots, fucking drops Hagel with a with a bomb, and then it. And then the puck just goes off a of Hagel, squirts out, and then Debrinkit's got a fucking wide open net, and he buries it all day. 
Doc's a big uh, third assist guy. This yeah, I feel like that's what's happening. Like he's like as a Hawks player or as a Hawks fan, you get to watch these games and you're like, man, this kid is so fucking good. And if you're not a Hawks fan and you're not watching these games and if you're like seeing like his stats, you're probably just like, why do they think he's so fucking yeah, why, what, what a like, why do they think he's so good? Like he's not he's not putting up any points. It's like when you watch a game, like this kid's fucking everywhere. Like, well, he definitely, like you said, he's he the king of he's the king out. of the third he's the king of the third assist. <laughs> like, right. He looks so he's just so fucking good, man. And like eventually it's just gonna all start falling into place. And I think he's gonna put up like 90 plus point seasons, and that would be sick. I think next year is gonna be huge for him. Yeah, I think if we get a full 82 game schedule where he's healthy, he comes in, kind of his role is being established now. He's going to know what he can bring to the table for the team and what's expected of him. I think it's just all going to finally click and it's going to be like, holy shit, no stop. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be, I'm, ex- I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, in the, actually, I didn't mention, but in that, in the previous game, I heard, or like, and in this one, uh, on the penalty kill to bring it and doc were out there together at the same time. And I oh shit. really like it. Like I was saying, or I've been mentioning, it's like to probably has one of the best defensive sticks on the team. And now he's playing on the penalty kill and fucking looking real good. I know it's Detroit because they're like 30th on the power play. Yeah. They're over six yesterday. Yeah. But th- like, it it's an awesome option to be able to have like your best players, not just offensively, but also be able to play the penalty kill and be out there defensively because then your your penalty kill can be a fucking weapon too. Because and it goes back to the the dynasty era when it was Taze Sharpie, Sharp, yeah, Zod, Hosa, uh, Hosa, yeah. It's like, like if your best players are gonna be able to play on any situation, like. It's going to be great. And even though, like during the game, they're pointing out Patrick Kane is being better and defensively. Like he's getting like all these little stick lifts in the defensive zone and just like stick lift, boop, take out the puck, and then he's gone. And it's just like, yeah, if he, yeah, if everybody's getting the 200 game going, like let's fucking go, baby. <laughs> Imagine the, the level Kaner would have been if he could have had that 200 foot game his entire career. Yeah. Oh man, I know it's not his job, but it's like still like right. holy shit. God so, love it. Four four nothing shutout for Subban. Um, quick look at the standings. They are now at forty seven points. They are two points behind Nashville for that last spot, but we have a game in hand now. Hmm. Love it. So, um, I don't think that lasts long though. I think Nashville plays. Oh, no, we play Nashville. Ah, that's coming up. It's a three-game series against Nashville, right? Ah, so this next three games are huge. Are enormous. Um, there's eleven. We have eleven games left on the season. I'm expecting some playoff hockey. It has to be. Yeah. You essentially have to treat this as a best of three series. Do you think that like, like maybe the league is telling the refs like, hey, like. This is gonna probably be playoff atmosphere. Let him play. Let him play. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> I would hope so, but I don't think so. Yeah, that'd be, oh, man. That'd be fantastic. But yeah, I mean, it's with uh, with eleven games left on the year, 
a three-game series against Nashville, I think if yeah. you don't come out with two of three, there's no way. I think that that's it. That's all she writes. Yeah, I mean, if we come out with two of three, then we're tied in the standings. That would be that's going to be big. But we also have Tampa and Florida right after that, and Carolina. Oh Jesus! So I mean, it's not <laughs> for us going forward. No, it's not at all. Because the the six games after the this this Nashville series is one against Tampa, two against Florida, and three against Carolina. And then Dallas to end the season. So So after they have two against Florida, one against Dallas, two against Columbus, and two against Carolina. Man, oh man. Yeah, this is a big series. Fuck. All right. Well, I mean, it's going to be exciting. And it's, there's going to be little rust between these games because it's, they just played yesterday. They're playing tomorrow, Monday. They're going to have Tuesday off, play Wednesday, have Thursday off, play Friday. So it's a little of like game it's, off, game off, game off, game off. That's straight up playoff hockey right there. Let's yeah, that go. is. Especially since it was – so they had Thursday and then Friday off, Saturday, Sunday off, Monday, Tuesday off. <laughs> like, And it's been, one in Nashville and then two in Chicago. It's – yes, 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 yes. I'm oh, sorry, I, I had it. Clicked up the wrong way, but yeah. So, oh my god, this is gonna be great. <laughs> we have a few games left. I mean, granted, yeah. Like I know we're saying how how important this three games is. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot that has to be done after this, but it has to. If we lose three, all three, or we lose only take one of this, it's it's hard to see this team fighting for that last playoff spot. Then they'll be six points down if they lose two of them. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the thing. Like what that we mentioned before with the divisions, like this, these are huge, like swings and points, no matter what, who you're playing. Yeah. Cause it's all in division. So if, like you said, yeah, if we lose, if we lose this first one, then that gap just widens. By so much. It's ridiculous. All right. <laughs> Anything All right, else for the Hawks? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I think we are good. Um, so let's get back into the trade deadline talk. Yeah. Uh, three big things that stand out to me. One, Taylor Hall is a loser. And- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, so Taylor Hall. Coming in real hard with yeah. that. Taylor Hall gets dealt to Boston, which I didn't realize that. So he had a no trade clause. Yeah. And the only team on it was Boston was the team that he would have to trade to. That was it. That was it. That's weird. So he is just kind of a scumbag, kind of screwed over Buffalo a little bit. Yeah. Why wouldn't like, I don't understand. Like, why wouldn't you want to go to like, even Tampa or Florida or Colorado. or Colorado. Like, why is it only Boston? I guess he's made comments in the past about how he always looks back at his draft year and wonders what if. Oh, what if he was taken second? Yeah. And yeah. he's always had, like, a connection to Boston, I guess. I don't know. But, okay. Cool, uh, Taylor. So this, which was weird, was that this trade came in late Sunday. Yeah. 
it was and it's funny too because um boston had just played washington and got their dicks kicked in oh yeah it was like, what eight one or something yeah and apparently they were only they were only prepared to offer boston or buffalo a third round pick for them <laughs> and then they're like i guess we should up it to a second round pick we really need the help it's yeah. like are you fucking kidding me so boston gets not only taylor hall they get uh curtis lazar lazar yeah buffalo gets anders bjork and a 2021 second round pick so first let's say this you got to feel it for Buffalo fans, man. Yeah. Of all the years that Taylor Hall gets this huge haul for being traded, no pun intended. Um, every year, teams overpay for him, and you finally get him on your team, and you're thinking, awesome, we're going to get this huge haul for this guy. And this was the year the teams decided that Taylor Hall just really isn't worth it. <laughs> well, Taylor Hall just decided, you're you're not getting anything for me. But yeah, he's also already tied like his <laughs> his goal total in, in Buffalo with Boston already. Proof that he is only good when he's got good players around him. Yeah, he can't drive a team. Oh, like um, Anders Bjork though has three points on Buffalo already, a goal and two assists. There was there was rumors that the Hawks were going to try to make a run at him. Yeah. On the at the deadline, which I would have liked, I didn't. I would have would have mind that. Yeah, honestly, like, but I don't know if Buffalo thinks that maybe maybe they could have gotten more for Bjork than they got for Hall. <laughs> that would have been fucking hilarious. Can you imagine if they flipped Bjork for a bigger a bigger like Hall than that? Jesus, yeah, oh that would have been so funny. But yeah, so I just. It's like I feel for Buffalo fans, but at the same time, it's like your owners are fucking idiots. Yeah, like, I mean, have no scouts. Yeah, you have a rookie GM who had nothing to do with hockey management before this position. Like nobody's yeah. under contract in Buffalo. Like everybody's like on one year tickets, except for except for their except for their long term deals. They have fifty, like I said, like multiple times, fifteen million dollars in Okposo and Skinner. Like God, yeah, sucks to suck. Let's see what else oh, we. Uh, so, but overall, so what do you think? Like overall, do you think that this is a sign that Taylor Hall is just going to be this, going to be treated as a role player now? Or do you just think it's Buffalo or Boston taking advantage of a situation? Um, I think that, I mean, Boston was really lucky that Taylor Hall's like, I'm only going to go there. Yeah. And then Buffalo was like, well, we need, like, we're not going to just give them to you. <laughs> yeah. Like we need to get stuff at the trade deadline. And then Buffalo and then Boston's just like, yeah, we're not going to give you like jack shit. We'll give you like the second rounder and, and like that. And they're like, but it's Taylor Hall. And they're like, yeah. So you can hold on to him if you want to, or we'll give you this. And they're like, fine. <laughs> I wonder if they would have got more for him if they dealt him earlier on. Like, I know people yeah. were saying, like, the longer Buffalo held on to him, the smaller the package was going to be. 
Right. I mean, well, but like you said, like if he's only like uh, waving his no trade to just go to Boston, it's kind of like, okay, well, like, fuck it. Like we got it. Like, we're not going to just hold on to you for the rest of this dumb season. Like we're not like, they're literally officially eliminated already from playoff contention. And if you're bought, if you're Buffalo, you're kind of like, okay, well, I mean, fuck it. Like, let's just get what we can. Like, it sucks that they couldn't get like a first or anything out of it. But I mean, it's either, it's either that deal right there or pretty much just holding on to him to the end of the year. And I don't think you re-sign there because they fucking suck. Yeah, it's just I was listening to Steve Daniels podcast after like the trade deadline and all this. And they're just saying they're like, why would Buffalo even do this deal to begin with with Taylor Hall with the one year eight million? Like for what this team needs and where they're at, like they can, nobody can believe that Buffalo was a, a, a contending team. Yeah. Nobody well, could have thought like nobody anybody that was reasonably thinking couldn't believe that. I don't if like they believed oh like if we play if we do amazingly because we got Eric Stahl and Jeff Skinner just is just came off of a whatever year like bad year. I, was it a bad year last year? I don't even remember. Yeah, last year because last year was the first year on this like ridiculous team. Oh yeah, he's Fuck, whatever. They thought maybe he was gonna have a bounce back year and like they're gonna Jack Eichel's been playing sick, and it's like now we brought in Taylor Hall. It's like, so what what was the plan if you guys did play well and like made the playoffs? Like when where's the money to keep Hall at that point? Yeah. You know? I don't know. I, don't, I just think this team's set up for failure and yeah. they need, maybe like, he they need new management, they need new ownership, I think. And maybe he wasn't offered like any uh, any money around that like from anywhere else so he's just like i'll take the one year like big contract and then maybe like i can get something similar next year i don't think i don't fucking know man if i'm if i was a team i would not sign taylor hall next year for anything over like six million i even think that might be pushing it i would say between four and five nah because like if he if you have like the team that like can help him produce because you need to have like guys that produce on their own already. I don't know. You're going to pay him a ridiculous amount to be a complimentary player. That's what like, I don't understand. Like it's just at this point, like with that, like mindset, like you're essentially paying him because of his name. Yeah. I don't know. And his, his, you're paying, you're paying him. Like we said last week, you're paying him for that heart season. That one. Season yeah. Yeah. Thing. Honestly. So it's like, I don't know. I just don't understand it. But all right. So there's that. Um, the next one, we'll go. Let's go to Washington and Detroit. Yes. Because I think people are looking at this really wrong. Like, I think people are talking yeah. about how Washington got fleeced completely. Mm-hmm. But I think that this was actually a great trade for both sides. I do too. I mean, Washington gave up a, a decent amount for him, but. Let's see. What was it? So it Dick is, Panic, yeah. Jacob Vrana, first round pick this year and a second round pick next year. With Washington, I think Anthony Mantha is going to be great. He's already got three goals in three games. Like, if he's just going to keep fucking scoring while he's on this team. This team's full of guys that can just dish the puck to each other. Like, he's it's signed. a completely different 
like atmosphere than it was in Detroit. Like he's, he's not, it's not like him and Larkin are like the top two guys. It's like, you've got Ovi Backstrom, Oshi fucking Kuznetsov. You got John Carlson on the back end. You got fucking Dmitry Orlov. Who's like also like pretty goddamn good. And like not really talked about fucking who else am I missing one more, <laughs> but he's also signed. So he's signed for three more years after this year at a yeah. really decent cap at a 5.7. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's like especially, I know Ovi's gonna resign with them, but at this point right now, you don't know what's gonna happen with Ovi. There's not like an official like guarantee that he's coming back to Washington. I think he is, but you have to plan for that what if type of situation. And this is a great piece to kind of plug in. He's not gonna replace Ovi's fifty goals every year. No, it's a great complimentary piece to to plug in to fix in that hole if there is one after this upcoming season yeah and then like i'm saying like this team this can still contend for a cup so like if they're still contending that first round pick is late yeah that's like high 20s um and then that second round pick like assuming that there's pretty much going to be around the same as next year that second round pick is going to be like in the high 50s like which i'm i think it's safe to assume it is because i think majority of this team yeah, they're this team's locked up. Yeah, there's Ovechkin. Um, was it Raffle? Yeah, Michael Raffle. They, I think, Chara, just acquired and Chara in a, in a trade. The, and Chara are the three players that have to be signed. Those are the only three coming up after this season. Yeah, and Elias Samsonov. Yeah, like so. Yeah, and they also have Kentney on the long-term IR. Oh, I mean, that's all right. This and team, oh, but I mean, they're set up for they're set up for a while. Yeah. So like that, I mean, that's just another weapon that they added to their arsenal, and it's like they're. <laughs> I think it's a great fucking trade. Oh, yeah. and like even Washington fans were saying online that like Jacob Vrana, like yeah, like he's got he. I mean, he gets traded to Detroit and automatically becomes their points leader. <laughs> um, but like I guess he's super streaky and then Detroit fans were like yeah Anthony Manta is streaky too but it's like it's hard to how can I think it's it's weird to be streaky on Washington versus streaky on Detroit where Detroit you have like little to no help and Washington you have like all the other like I was saying all those other pieces that can like put the puck in the fucking net yeah I think like this is a win-win um, Stevie Wise set the uh, wings up for a good yeah. term plan, which we got to talk about. See why just being an absolute goddamn wizard. He's so good. Wherever he goes, like he is able to to make magic happen. Even like in his first year when they picked Moritz Cider as their first first rounder, and everybody's like, "What? Like that's so off the board." And then now you're like, see this kid, de- like you're hearing about this kid developing. He's literally nominated for best defenseman in the SHL. Yeah, like it's he, he's got this eye for fucking talent, and he's he's <laughs> picked up a lot of really good guys with it. He did it so much in Tampa, and he's just doing it again in Detroit. And then Ponick was just a salary dump. I think he wasn't he yeah. was on waivers. Yeah, he had just passed through waivers. He was, I don't know if he was probably on the taxi squad, but yeah, he was playing last night. 
Yeah, he has two years left. And it's him. I was I didn't read into the article because I think it was an athletic article, but it was essentially saying that um, Detroit needs to just be bad for two more seasons to have the opportunity to draft like the next McDavid. Like, <laughs> apparently, there's some like really good prospect coming up in two drafts, so it's like. There's being set up. I'm not saying like that's their goal. Like they're purposely yeah. trying to be bad, but I'm saying like they're being set up or if they're not reaching the high level, they have a chance at really growing this team and their franchise player and all that kind of stuff. And I think Stevie Y behind making all the moves and all that kind of stuff, they're yeah. setting up, they're doing the right things. And I think that the, the Detroit era of being brutally bad again is going to be short lived. I think, Two three years, they're going to be they're going to be back to a playoff team. I uh, yeah, they have a they have a lot of good young talent that's going to be coming up probably because I know in the more recent drafts they've been getting some good picks and then they're doing the Detroit thing where they're in the nineties, you know, like they're not rushing these guys no. like he like when when Dylan Larkin came in and he was still young they're like yeah we haven't seen this in Detroit in years where somebody so young was actually making the NHL roster it took they took these guys like till like 24 25 26 to be making the NHL roster cuz they were Stevie Y it was probably the last time that someone came in right away yeah and and so like you're seeing that kind of happening again where they're not rushing these guys in like they had their most recent draft pick who is i believe also playing like in the SHL or, or in Europe and like the kid's supposed to be like real fucking good, but they're like, we're going to let him keep doing his shit over there. Like until, until he gets a little bit bigger and then makes his way over here, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, I don't, I'm sure it's going to be dangerous in like five years probably. Yeah. And it's, I think it's good for hockey. Like it's good for hockey to have the original six teams to be good. And oh yeah. It's good. Especially if, the only reason why I kind of want these divisions to stay the same because I would love to have good Detroit, Detroit. versus good Blackhawks. And yeah. it's been a while. I mean, so 09 was the last time, really. And even then, it was yeah. it was a very flip of the switch. Like, the Hawks went from so good and Detroit went so, well, so fast. Well, no, because we played them in 2013 in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Remember? <laughs> oh, because that was the Seabs. I always Siebes get those goal. Yeah. I, for some reason, always think that that's 2010. Oh, I'm a fucking idiot. Second round, 2013. Oh. But yeah. So I think that was a win-win. I think that that got way more hate. I think Washington got way more hate than they deserved for that move. I think that was a great move by them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's going to be the trade of the deadline. That's going to be looked at and be like, "Damn, Washington made made him like they they were like, we want this guy and we're going to get him." Like, yeah, I didn't even know Anthony Manta was fucking available. No, I thought they because like like you don't see a player who's got three years left on their yeah. deal, like a star player who I'm pretty sure just signed it. Didn't yeah, he? typically dealt. You don't see that very often. So yeah, he's not a rental. Like he's usually rentals at the deadline. Yeah. So I mean, that's I think that kind of shows how how much Washington wanted them and yeah. how value Stevie Y saw in that return. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's the kind of that's also like what you like. If it was a rental, you wouldn't see that many. 
picks going that way or yeah. like the, the type of players, but it's just like, I think it was a very fair deal. <laughs> um, so. Another, so another team that's all in Toronto. Yep. Making a lot of moves at the deadline, which I was kind of surprised. I like, I wasn't surprised, but it was one of those things that I don't understand this, how the salary cap truly works because I don't know how they were able to do some of the things that they did. Yeah. Well, um, it's, for the salary cap, it's um like if let's say you don't have any trades for like the whole season up until the deadline and you had let's say two million dollars in cap space, like you still have two million dollars in cap space at the deadline. And if you acquire a player that was like four million dollars, like that's fine because it's whatever their cap is left is what takes up your cap. Gotcha. Some shit like that. It's it's weird. So the first move that Toronto did using uh, San Jose's salary cap again. Um, so Columbus got Toronto's 2021 first round pick and next year's fourth round pick. San Jose Sharks got Feligno and Toronto's fourth round pick this year. And then they flipped Feligno to Toronto. Um, and they also got what Stefan Nozen. Yeah, Noison. Noison, yeah. Um that's a I mean that was rumors. I know it was it was between Minnesota and and the Toronto for Fligno. So that's that's four captains now that Toronto has. Former captains. Oh yeah. You got Tavares. Joe, Tavares. Fligno and uh Spessa. Yeah. I mean, a lot of leadership. Yeah, I was about to say that's a that's a fucking ton of leadership there. But yeah, like, like that's has he been able to play yet? In I Toronto? don't think so. I think he has. It's got to be up very soon. I think his quarantine's up very soon. Yeah, because it's only like a week. Yeah, that so they have to do this trade happen. Yeah, a week today. Okay. And whenever he actually got to Canada. Yeah. So, I mean, Columbus ended up pushing out David Savard, too, for another first-rounder to uh, Tampa. So, Columbus is just like, yeah, we'll take all the first-rounders, even if it's going to be like – A hydra. Oh, yeah, who cares? If you if you have, if you have literally are getting picks like 30 and 31, like whatever. <laughs> whatever yours is, too. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, they're not making the playoffs. What if fucking Columbus wins the – Lottery. Yeah, I'm excited about that. We get we got things winding down now, and get to see a little bit more of what the playoff picture is looking like. I wonder what the like some of these like what's the magic numbers for some of these teams? Because you know, like some of them are fucking way up there in points. Like I was saying, what Buffalo's are is the first one to be officially eliminated. But I wonder who's like how many games until like whoever's at the top is like officially in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but here, real quick, go through the other trades. Um, Toronto also got David Ritchie from the Flames for a third round pick next year, which I think that's really interesting. That kind of makes you wonder is Freddie Dunn? Um, David Ritchie. What? David Riddick? Riddick, god damn it. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Riddick. 
Um, yeah, I don't know what the deal, what's going on with Freddie, but I mean, Jack Campbell's been playing pretty damn good. Then they got Ben Hudden from the Ducks mm-hmm. for next year's fifth round. And then just a minor trade that we're talking about. But yeah, I don't yeah. think there's anything. Well, one of the other crazy trade, or I didn't know that Hayden Flurry was going to be traded. Like, yeah, that was weird. He was a he was a former high high draft pick. So for defenseman Yanni Hockenpah, Hockenpah, who's not, he's twenty nine. Holy shit! And he's six. He's six five. Oh my god, that's a big See, boy. Yeah, it's just weird too because it's like Carolina is in a position to win this year. Like, I don't I don't know what happened to Hayden Flurry. Like and I guess he just never was as good as they were hoping he would be. So he was like a he was like a fifth overall. Oh, seventh overall. Seventh overall. Twenty fourteen. He's got thirty seven games played and one goal. That's it. Yeah, not good. On on that Carolina team, that's pretty damn good. That's crazy. But yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything else like too crazy. Eric Gustafson got traded from Philly to Montreal for a seventh yeah. rounder. Yeah, good fit. Yeah. Let's see. Um, was there any? Yeah. So was there any like who? Do you have a clear cut like one team was the winner of this trade deadline? Um, no, but I think the Hawks did really well. I think. I mean, I think if Washington ends up killing it the rest of the year it's going to be looking like i think that would like we said that's like a, a pretty fucking good trade for both yeah. teams actually yeah um i think vancouver lost the trade deadline <laughs> because of just i don't know it was like the weird the one for one with us like it was weird yeah columbus did really good at the trade deadline getting two first rounders like I don't know. I think I don't think anybody like really, really. I mean, Buffalo got screwed. Like I don't know. Winnipeg. Like, I did forgot they Jeff Carter went to the Penguins. Yeah, Jeff Carter, the Penguins. They got old tickets exposed, which was hilarious. There was a tweet that said, um, "After Jeff Carter, I think scored a, a huge goal or something." The Kings tweet out, "Who would tra- ever trade Jeff Carter?" And then it was like, life comes at you fast. And then it's, we've traded Jeff Carter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Devin Dubnik went to Colorado. Well, that was before. We talked about that last episode. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. The teams that needed to win or needed, like, that actually helped to win made moves. Colorado, Tampa, Florida, uh, Washington, Vegas. And Vegas. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Um. Excited for the rest of the season. Excited for the rest of the season. So a couple quick things. Then we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Patrick Marlowe tied Gordie Howell last night for most games played. Yeah. And it was something like there's just like insane stats going out all day about that. Like, Yeah, when, when he played his first NHL game, Austin Matthews was only two weeks old. Connor that, David was only seven months old. It's yeah, it's silly. Patrick, uh, or sorry, Harry Potter was published for the first time in London. It wasn't even in the stage yet. <laughs> uh, the iPhone was still ten years away. Yeah, invented. Yeah, 
Um, then there was another stat. Oh, I got to find it. Like Netflix only had 25 million subscribers. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, shit. Where was it? Okay. So Patrick Marlowe has appeared in at least one game with 37% oh, yeah. of every NHL player who has ever played in the 104-year history of the league. So he's played with 3,009 players of the 800 or 8,100 players that have played. Yeah, over a third of the players to ever play in the NHL have touched the ice with Patrick Marlowe. That's fucking insane. Yeah. And, <laughs> and him and Jumbo Joe, I don't, I can't find the exact number, but they've played the most games as teammates for two players that went one-two in their in their drafts a year. Because yeah, Jumbo Joe was drafted first overall, and Marlowe was drafted second. Yeah, I don't know how many teams could say they ever had. One and two yeah. in a draft, though, you know? Sedins? I thought they were two and three. Oh, two and three, yeah. 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 It's like, could Taylor Hall to Dallas? <laughs> so tomorrow, tomorrow he will pass Gordy Howe. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And, and that, that, that's, that, that, record, that record stood for 59 years. And here's something even funnier. He's doing it against Vegas. So for context, it will be game number 1,768 for Marlowe. The Golden Knights won't play their 1,768th regular season game until the 2039-2040. Jesus Christ. That's crazy. Insane. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I know you want to talk about this uh, the Vancouver drama. Yeah. So Vancouver is scheduled to play today still, I think. As I don't know if as of as of right now they're still playing they're still scheduled to play Toronto. They were supposed to play on Friday too, but yeah, they had what 19 confirmed cases of COVID. Yeah. And they've been off for so many so many days. Let's see, is it still yeah, it still says they're supposed to play. Um, and like recently, like JT Miller had come out and saying like, he doesn't feel anywhere near ready to play. He thinks that their schedule is absolutely insane. Like it's, what was it? 19 games in 31 days. Something like that. And that was before. And that was, that was before they, yeah, they, yeah. So there was, there's a stretch in, in their schedule of, I think it's here. Let me actually pull their team up and then I can pull their schedule up, but it's, it's literally six back-to-back games. It's, or what was it? Okay. NHL announces connect schedule. Let's see. So they're playing today, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, then next week, Monday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, um, Saturday, then it's back. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not six back-to-back games. It's back-to-backs, um, like four of them. Jesus. And a- they have, like, no more than than one day off for, like, any of these games. Yeah, they it's, don't have any, yeah. Can you imagine being, like, that's the, this is the thing that he was talking about. It, like, JT Miller was, like, you have guys that are struggling to, like, breathe because they've, like, gotten it, like, bad enough that their lungs are fucking hurting and then now their schedule is going to be game off game off game off game off game off game game off game game off game off game off game game and it's just like 
these guys are are going to be fucking dying, like so exhausted. It's they're not. I mean, they're screwed. They're not going to be able to fucking. They, I mean, they're, they're pretty gonna much. Be, they're going. I mean, they're, they're going to be gone. The playoffs. They're not. They're not making the playoffs. Well, I don't think they're not going to be able to because they're going to they're going to be so fucking gassed and like after just by the end of this month, like their May is going to be trash. That's ridiculous. I just think the NHL has been doing a great job with the COVID all stuff, this whole situation last year and a half. But I think they kind of dropped the ball here. I mean, they like I don't know what they were supposed to do. I think if anything, like they would have just had to cancel the rest of the season for them. But then, how does that affect the other teams in the? You just got to play in the north. I, well, they were talking about if the season got canceled for certain point whatever you would do percentage points you just have to do that with the north right but that was if the whole season got canceled like i'm just saying though like you would still have to take it i mean oh yeah yeah i mean take that you could take you could take those games that you're that like like vancouver's supposed to play against toronto and vancouver's supposed to play against calgary and like then you just do like maybe toronto versus calgary instead like just so they can finish with a similar amount of games as like everybody else in the league but it's just like I don't. Yeah, man. Like your times, man. This is a whole weird, and you feel yeah. for. It's like you see you see it from both sides. You feel for the players and all that because that just isn't right to go, especially with what this this condition is and all that kind of stuff. But then it's like you also have to see it from the league's point of view. It's like we have to get these games done. We have to have a complete season. And I wonder if. It. Yeah, I wonder if it's somehow. Like the if Vancouver just goes, hey, we're done. <laughs> like we can't we can't play every game like this. Uh, I wonder if there'd be any penalties with that. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird like it's, like it's a, still a weird season. So I feel like they're eight. Like, they have eight fewer games played than like Winnipeg. Oh my god, they have so many games coming up. <laughs> I would hate it if I was on that team. Oh man, Matthew Highmore. So sorry, bud. Yeah. <laughs> if you're feeling down about your ice time in Chicago, you're about to see a big upkick. Yeah. Tour. You're gonna really have to utilize that taxi squad. Yeah, I wonder. Right, I wonder how they're gonna they're gonna swap guy. I'm sure they're gonna probably have to use the taxi squad like crazy. Oh yeah. So. And they still have Elias Patterson on LTIR too. So it's like, what's the point? Like, just let them not finish the season. Mm-hmm. We're kind of scheduled with the teams that are still playing. I don't know, but yeah. All right, all right, man. You got anything else? Uh, Connor McDavid, first one to hit seventy points this year. Ridiculous. Yeah, he. They have thirteen games left, so he would need over two points a game to hit reach a hundred, which is very doable. <laughs> I mean, how many games do they have against Vancouver coming up? Because if it's towards the end of the season, he might have like some six-point nights. Yeah. Fucking gassed players, and all he has to do is skate around them. Are you kidding me? Not even full speed, just kind of just like, oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm going to go around you here. Jeez. We'll see. All right. I think that's about it. All right. So that was episode 131. What are we calling it, Tanner? The home stretch. Almost there. All right. 
Um, so yeah, for Tanner and myself, episode one thirty one, the home stretch. Um, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Subscribe, rate, follow all social media. Check out the Hockey Podcast Network and their other shows, and uh, go to DraftKings promo code THPN, and uh, we will we'll see you on the next one. Sounds good. See you later. Love you, boys. Bye. The Windy City Benders Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And follow the boys on socials at WCB Podcast.